welcome to my dad's podcast. My blackest fan is national. Follow him on Instagram. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lambert, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, please feel free to download or subscribe to this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your preferences may be, that podcast, this podcast is available on that platform. So you can also find me on Instagram at Black Transnational 17. You can also find me on Twitter at MBI Transnational. If you want to email me, please feel free to do so at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com. All right. Um, so before I continue, I just also want to mention to my listeners that this will be the final episode of season one of My Black is Transnational. Yes, I have decided that we are going to break this down into seasons, and I just felt that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think summer times, I need to commit my summer time to one, uh, working on my research to continue to deliver um, more quality content for you all. Uh, a lot of my colleagues who are doing research right now are probably somewhere across the world collecting data and doing different things. And most importantly, it's just, it's just good for my sanity. I want to be able to spend time with my family and, and just relax and take a little take a step back or two and continue to work on this right work on myself but also work on this podcast and, and its evolution and I think having it broken down into seasons is going to be a worthwhile approach um, and I think it'll really make the podcast digestible for you all the listeners so um, if you've been listening since the first episode I thank you for just sticking with me and if you are listening to it for the first time please feel free to download and subscribe and you can catch all the, you can listen to all the other episodes from the past and just binge listen at your free time. Um, and, and I think you'll enjoy it. And I really will appreciate your feedback. So as I mentioned, ratings and your, and your reviews are very important for me, not just for the sake of growing this podcast, but for the sake of taking that information, using it properly and making this podcast better for you. Uh, so I appreciate your ratings and your feedback. So thank you for those who have shared um, shared those in the past and continue to share um, your thoughts. Okay, so today's episode in the season finale, we'll be talking about a word that I think is ever present in the transnational African community, uh, specifically the Nigerian community. But I think in most of Western Africans, Western Africa, this word has been used to describe. African Americans, and I think it's a word that's very important um, to discuss. Uh, it's very provocative, um, but I think it, it is critical to have this conversation because I think it'd be very beneficial as far as bridging that gap between, you know, black immigrants and specifically African immigrants and African Americans. 
Um, the reason being is that we think about what a word is and how it can evolve and how it can construct not just identities but perceptions and how perceptions also influence attitudes. So this word, I think, personally, was a very important word when it, when it, when it comes to my upbringing and how I was able to distinguish my culture from others and, and how I was able to shape my myself and my and how I was able to guide myself moving forward and whether that's a good thing or bad thing you know we'll we'll find out in the future but uh, I would like to talk about that and, and what moving forward we as black people can do in order to possibly cease and desist the use of this word and or, or at least um, find a way to be able to um, to continue to have conversations about what this is and this divide that is it has caused and, and how we can be able to move forward to continue to unify and become a stronger transnational black community okay so first and foremost the word is akata um a lot of times people hear they'll say akata or akata or akata no it is akata it is a yoruba word from the yoruba people who are originally from the western side of nigeria okay and this word has now grown into something that is used not just only by Yoruba people anymore, but pretty much all Nigerians and people in some parts of West Africa. Some Ghanaians also use this word as well. So the term Akata now has grown, and it's now its application is now used as a way to identify those who may not necessarily be African, right? So primarily that group would be the African Americans. Um, the word originally, by definition, simply means wildcat, right? But I think sometimes when we think about the words and we think about it in English, we understand for those who have taken different language classes or you know who speak a different language, we know that translating things to English is not a smooth process. So it's not something that you can just say, oh, for every apple, there's this word in Yoruba. For every, you know, banana, there's this word. And like the concept that we're using to express something doesn't necessarily fit into that same box, but in English. If Hopefully you all get my drift. What I'm essentially saying is that the way it's translated wasn't necessarily its intention, but I think the intention has changed over time, in which now, yes, the intention might be a little bit more malicious. So when I say this, I say that because the the, the original intention behind it was to say, okay, it's something that is not necessarily domesticated. So when we think about a feral cat, right, a cat that may not be domesticated, that doesn't necessarily have a home right and doesn't necessarily because it's not domesticated it may not necessarily be brought up properly and cultured now all these things for those who are african-americans it does not sound good i'm not trying to sugarcoat anything but i'm giving you the definition of how the word in itself was supposed to mean that okay this is someone that is not necessarily um homegrown in a sense right and and african-americans by through history weren't brought up in Africa, right? We all know how that went: involuntary slavery, um, forced migrancy, all those things. And but by definition, they didn't grow up in their native homeland. So because of that, that terminology was supposed to in, intendedly meant to say that these people were not the ones who grew up in Africa. But 
as I mentioned already, the way the words have been intended and used now has been more to ostracize. It's essentially a derogatory term, right? And the reason I explain its origin and, and its and its um, genesis is is because I think there's a little bit of confusion and misinformation. It's if you Google it, sometimes you see that akata means like cotton picker, and and no, that's not what it means. All right, it's not necessarily referring to the history, specific instances in the history of the African American. It's not a word directed to to define or illustrate a, a, a moment or not a moment but the hit like the history of African American that's not what it's referring to or that's not what it alludes to the reality is that it's a word that meant wildcat and I think now what has, it has evolved to is pretty much saying that African Americans are not they don't have the same culture as African immigrants they're not brought up in Africa therefore they're not missing their they're missing their roots and they're not authentic Right. And they're not it's not something that they're not it's they're not growing up or being brought up in their place of origin. Therefore, they're wild. Right. Therefore, they're feral. So anything that they do is not is because they're not domesticated in culture. So with that being said, um, that's the definition of the word and and, and, and its application and, 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 and how it's used now is something that I completely don't agree with. And I think it's a lot of a lot of younger, um, a lot of younger African people, immigrants or non-immigrants, uh, are becoming more aware of derogatory words and and how it can affect people and how it creates divide. And you know, growing up, I think about this word now, and I think about wow, like how powerful it was for me and maybe for for those who are listening who can relate how it created such an identity crisis or even an identity divide for 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 black people and for people like because when I grew up my mother would always say you know don't be like these Akata people right and I never really understood what that meant initially but ultimately it's it's imp- it's important to understand how parents, African parents, will use that terminology as a form of reference for things that are perceived as misguided, as inappropriate, as uncultured, right? As things that you should not set as your standard. That is what Africans immigrants believe the African Americans are. Right? They believe that because of whatever the case may be, whatever false perceptions they have about the history, they believe that this group of people, this population, is so misguided that they don't want their children to identify or relate to that behavior or that culture because it's not, it's not, a, it's not tied to the African ways, the African beliefs. It's more Americanized. Right? So that fear... That a lot of parents or just a lot of older, shit, I'm like maybe some even today, some younger ones, if some of those beliefs still exist, is that you don't want to be an Akata, right? The most important thing that an African mom or even an African dad will say is, don't go and marry an Akata. And growing up, I used to like wonder, like, man, like, why is that? But subconsciously, subconsciously, those things would guide 
how what the standards are not necessarily for myself but for the sake of just not hearing my parents complain right not hearing my parents nag me or you know make all these make all this noise about wanting to identify with something that they don't believe I am right so even if I'm growing up in America and I'm doing all these things there's there's so much association with that you know with with certain culture and being an akata so that word is very very powerful um and like i said for all the you know for all my you know african americans and that's including my wife who listen to this i'm not here to sugarcoat i'm simply telling you what it is from my perspective and my perspective only so there may be other people who may disagree who don't feel the same i'm not here to contest that because i don't have any guests on this show as you notice so what i'm saying ultimately is that this word is a problem okay i personally do not like this word i don't like the fact that it's used to describe a group of people in which you have no idea what they went through no idea the the post-traumatic issues that have trickled down to this day um, you don't understand what, what you know, how how to even how what they've been through, how they've constructed and built a culture by themselves with no aid, no assistance of sorts, uh, and, and have become a force. Regardless of whatever people want to say, they have become united force of sorts. And they're making their way. And we as African immigrants, we're not necessarily helping the cause if we are trying to find ways to make ourselves more authentic than the other. It's almost similar to a holier than Dao type of thing. Right. And that's something that's very persistent, especially you'll notice with along the older generation. And it's that whole there's a fear behind it. I must admit that there's a fear behind not wanting to lose your culture and this is where the transnational angle comes in because the fear of not wanting to lose your culture drives you to sustain your culture what drives you to sustain your culture is to find a point of reference of what not to be like and not to get too you know literate not to get too professor like or get too deep into the research there is some literature that does show um that a lot of African immigrants perceive associating with African Americans as a form of negative assimilation. And by negative assimilation, it means that instead of you leveling up, right, instead of you coming into the U.S. and stepping your game up by messing with those people, so to speak, you're, you're falling off, right? You're taking a step back, right? It's kind of like when your parents say, well, you hanging around with them thugs, right? You ain't going far. You ain't going nowhere. Right. And that essentially the same mindset translated and that was translated to me, which was don't go and be an Akata. Right. Like, don't go up there. Don't listen to hip hop. Like, even if I'm listening to rap, like if I'm listening to rap and this type of music, sometimes it's like, oh, you're listening to this Akata thing. So now you're going to be sagging your pants. Oh, you're going to be doing this. Right. So I won't bring my accent come out too strong, but 
all those things, when we think about the hip-hop culture, when we think about black culture and what that means or how that's perceived by older generation or first generation African immigrants who may have strong views towards African Americans, hip-hop culture really is considered, okay, you want to be an Akata, so that means that you're trying to, you're going the wrong way, right? And you're, 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 mis, you're, you're misleading yourself, right? And, and that adds to the divide, right? So... That word itself, for me, shapes the, shaped my mindset as to how to behave, right? How to do things in order to not get in trouble, how to, you know, which people should be your friends, who should not be your friend, right? Or who do you want to not get too close with, right? So there was a certain, and that's, I'm speaking on more of a closed-minded aspect for, there's some people who are definitely open-minded, but in general, that word just made me realize that I'm not African American. It was a constant reminder that I needed to sustain my roots, sustain my culture. I needed to be able to always, you know, never forget where I came from. So in a sense, as sep- as ostracizing as this word is, it's very crazy how strong it is as a vice for transnational behavior because of that fear of not wanting to lose your culture the fear of african parents telling you not to marry an akata person or to not you know associate yourself with that that's how people keep it within the culture that's how africans continue to communicate with africans and sometimes hesitate to build relationships with african americans now on the other side of the spectrum, an African American sometimes may not even understand that, right? May not understand it. They just consider it another slur, another word that is used to 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 oppress interracially from your own people, from people who look like you. You're being called something behind your back, right? You're being called something by you know. You're being whispered about. By, from African parents to their kids or their friends about who you are and a word that represents your people, which is supposed to be a group of people that are, are lost, are uncultured, misguided, pretty much feral, right? And I can only empathize and imagine just the annoyance and the anger and the frustration um, to, to find out what that is. Right, I I don't even, I wish my wife was here to have this conversation with with me, but I can only remember the first time we talked about what anakata is, and she was like, "Wow, like for real, <laughs> like almost like she was getting ready to fight with me, like that's how you feel, you know." And I have to kind of be like, "No, no, that's not me, but that's the word." And what I don't want is to be able to walk around with you around among other Africans and you don't know what that means. Like, I want you to know what's up, right? So so we can defend, you know, ourselves accordingly. Um, but that's a, that's a word that a lot of us have to have a conversation about. Because, yes, you know, there are some issues that a lot of African immigrants come in to the United States and not feel embraced by African Americans, right? There's that issue that lies there as well. The issue that a lot of African immigrants will tell you that the people who made fun of me the most were not white people. They were not brown people. 
they were African Americans, the black folks, right? They were the ones that, you know, called me African booty scratcher, the ones that told me that I stink because I smell like a goosey from the house that my mom was cooking heavily in, whatever the case may be, but I wasn't embraced by those people. So you find yourself not associating yourself with that, right? And, um, and, and there's so many other underlying things to that. But I don't want to get too long-winded. But I, what I want to do is explain that this word needs to go. Um, this word needs to disappear because I think in this day and age, in 2019, we can't afford to deal with any more intraracial differences. I mean stress and stressors are i'm not a i'm not a psychologist or anything of that notion but i do understand determinants of health and i understand that stressors um are psychosocial right and and that means that they are caused by things in your social environment and when you have people who look like you who are living in the same spaces as you whose kids now go to the same school as your kids or your sisters or brothers. You are all residing and thriving or trying to struggle in the same spaces, but yet we are calling each other names. And in this case, it seems to be very one-sided because it's not, I mean, African Americans don't have their own terminology per se or one word within the language that means anything derogatory. But in this case, as African immigrants, we have to stop using that word in order to differentiate ourselves between African Americans and us, right? We have to start we have to start bridging gaps. And the way we can bridge gaps is by having a conversation. We understand that you want to sustain your culture. We understand that you don't necessarily want to go to America and take a step backwards. That's not the intentions of your immigration. And you want to you want to keep that culture, but I don't think it needs to be at the expense of another group. You don't have to point at an African American and say, "Oh no, don't be that." Instead, do the opposite in order to understand what success is. I think using that mindset to try to help elevate or create that perception of success or what it's like to lead lead a good life. I think you're 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 just as bad as white people. You're just as bad as those bigots. You're just as bad as those people who colonize your communities, right? And still call you nigger, no matter what color you think, no matter what you where you think you're from. At the end of the day, they're calling us niggers too behind our back. Maybe not highly done in America, but all over the world. Right, that that N word that I've said out because I don't care at this point. It, it it matters. We say it out there, and it's important. That word is prevalent all over the world, right? Not just, and it's not the not the hip hop N I G G A, but the N I G G E R, right? The one that has historical differences. And in the future, we'll talk a little bit more about who really should be saying that word, um, and when it comes to the Africans versus African Americans, because African immigrants may not be entitled to that word as well, and a lot of us use it, but that's another story for another day. For the sake of this particular podcast, the terminology needs to be erased, because we are at a stage in our lives right now where we do not need to, to bring each other down to lift ourselves up. We have to be able to 
have a conversation, as mentioned before, we need to reconcile within ourselves and understand that our fears of of losing our culture should not be blamed or used at the expense of other people. Instead, we should be educating ourselves. We should be teaching each other about our respective cultures. We should be helping those who you feel are lost or wild bring them into the culture there's so many people who want to know about the african or the diasporan culture educate them elevate them raise your words right don't just use words to bring people down but raise your words to elevate each other we have to, in order for us, and I will continue to repeat it, in order for us to become an institution that is formidable, we have to be able to bridge that gap and unify as an entire black population. Now, I do understand that we have to have our distinguishable factors in order to help each other in the long run. We, we have different cultures and it varies and we have different practices and beliefs, but these beliefs should not be intended maliciously to bring each other down assimilation to the united states is not based upon you identifying with african americans because you're scared of being race racism coming to you because of you feeling like you might be um targeted you're still gonna get targeted you're black (laughs) and if you're in the wrong space at the wrong time you might be at risk your accent can only do you so much so I, I I know that I can get deeper into this conversation, but I'm not going to get deeper. I'm going to use this as a form of an introduction that I will segue into next season because I think we can have a really rich conversation. And I want to have more people that are involved um, for this because I think we can have a healthy discussion that we can set as a form of almost sort of like a, a template, a model discussion discussion panel of sorts that we can use for future conversations with among people like us because i think once we're able to really have these open conversations and maybe i've missed it maybe maybe this shit has happened already all right and maybe i didn't get the memo but if it has then i need to see it more i need to see it happen again all right because if not we're just we're on an escalator that's going down and we're trying to and we're trying to you know walk down when it's going the opposite direction walk up when it's going the opposite direction i'm sorry i'm directionally challenged (laughs) but but i think that in order for us to really make a change it has to come interracially we have to look at ourselves we have to reflect when we talk about systematic racism and things that are systematic or systemic the word is the operative word is system right And, and what i think happens when a system upgrades is that it has to look within itself it has to check out for bugs and fixes errors internally and for us as as black people to become that system we have to always look within ourselves and understand our fears understand our our hopes understand you know what our abilities are what our capacity is and we need to start using our strengths to sharpen each other Stop using this fear of the loss of culture um, to to separate your kids from engaging with their African-American friend by educating them and introducing them to a culture that they never knew. Like, don't deter them from that. If you are an older, 
you know, parent now, don't deter your kids from that type of life. I'm fortunate enough to be married to an African-American, and I think it was the best decision I ever made. I've been able to be exposed to a world that I knew about, but I've been able to bring my wife into a world that she may never have gotten the opportunity to know about if she never met me. And she'll tell you that. So I, I, I know that some people may be uncomfortable having the discussion. And if it makes you uncomfortable or you makes you uncomfortable listening to this, then I'm talking to you. I mean, I really am. Because that means that you don't understand that you're not better than anyone else. Not because of your skin color you're not. Not because of your accent you're not. Not because your name is Kalechi. See, I said it like an American. It's Kalechi. But at the end of the day, all this needs to stop. As black people, we cannot continue to suffer from self-inflicted wounds all the time. Akata cannot be the new N-word. It cannot persist as another way, another chain, another negativity, which I've always been told that negativity is the shackles of the black people, right? We cannot continue to, to, to shackle down ourselves with such a word. And I, and I hold all my second generation, first generation, 1.5, all my transnational responsible for doing better. I understand that you want to continue to take pride in, in, in your ways, but you don't have to do it at the expense of anyone but yourself. So the word needs to go. Akata needs to be dealt with. It needs to be a word that goes away. So I'll stop there as far as my discussion on this topic. I know that I went on and on. But I hope that you all got something from that, and I hope that it provoked a, um, a discussion of sorts or something maybe that you want to have with me or with people that you may know in your family uh, or have a conversation with about that. Uh, I hope that I've been able to start that kind of conversation and keep the ball rolling. But I want to use this opportunity as I kind of get closer to the end. I want to use this opportunity to just kind of wrap up season one with some words. Uh First and foremost, I want to thank you, the listener, um, for just being there, uh, for for taking an opportunity to click on this podcast and listen to it. And if you liked it, continue to listen to it to anticipate the next episodes and and just you know continue to digest all the things that I've sent. Uh, shared with you all um this process was by far um one of the boldest things that i've done um i i mean i've done some bold things but this was a very very ambitious move by me and i did not know what the outcome of will would be but um i mean i've been thinking about this for years and and i and i thank the people who were on my team um, my wife included and, and my friends who really encouraged me to continue to pursue this and, and just say, go do it, you know, um, just go do it. 
see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? Um, you know, I know people would mention, you know, yeah, you're a good talker, you're a good speaker, you're a good lecturer, and you know, and uh, you people need to hear you. And I was like, I don't care about that. Like, I know, I mean, I don't really, you know, not that I don't believe in my strengths. It's just that that's not, that's not what I want to do. I, I want to be able to to give my audience things that that are long lasting, things that can be applied things that can provoke conversations that can go on and on and ultimately produce results solutions strategies approaches i don't want to just talk for the sake of talking i can do that i i'm good at that but i don't want to do that i want my words to have substance i want my words to have drive i want my words to have fuel and and i think taking this risk i'm not even a calculated risk of sorts but i i taking this chance um, to to start this podcast was one of the best things that I can ever do. So I just want to thank you, the listeners, for listening and, and continuing to take this in. I I, I thank God um, for for the opportunity. Um, I thank my wife, who has been a frequent guest, who is damn near my co-host on this, and my producer, who listens to you know all my episodes before I put them out there who gives me feedback whether I like it or not, whether I like what I said, you know, uh, and she doesn't like what I said or may question some of the things that I may have mentioned and I may want to argue with her and say, no, you just don't get it, you know, and and just her being completely honest with me all the time. Um, I am blessed, and I know I say it all the time, but I am blessed to have a partner like her in my life that is willing to do whatever it takes for me to be happy without necessarily sacrificing her integrity. Um, That's love. That's a love that you cannot just synthetically make. That's original. Um, So I thank you for being my support system, Dr. Wanda. And I know if you listen to this, um, you already know that all these things remain true. Um, you know, I, I want to thank my mentors. Um, I want to thank my brother, um, who was in Nigeria, Toby, for, you know, being my number one fan in a sense. Uh, I miss you, man. Um, and I hope to have you on the show at some point, but he calls me from Nigeria and, you know, talks to me about it and he, he, he keeps me motivated. He asks me questions. He, he he shares the topic with his friends and and other family members. Uh, I love you, bro. And um, that 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 energy that you bring to me every time we talk, it it's something that I that I take with me. Um, so you know, thank you so much for that. And and just what I intend to do moving forward with this is I continue to grow, continue to become better, um, continue to become smarter continue to hopefully um become more provocative in a good sense uh, i, I want to thank all my guests as well i don't want to get too selfish i want to thank all my guests um dr bryce henson um dr latifa you know uh Kabiru, who just became dr latifa Kabiru recently so congrats to you on that doc um shout out to dr omavi bailey Shout out to, you know, my, uh, God, you're gonna kill me, 
Miss Darling, Mrs. Darling Amu, right from Namaste Yoga or the Yoga Studio in Ghana. I always call her Namaste Yoga, but you know, thank you to Mr. Jeff Badu. Um, thank you to Dr. Dore Lunga Shiswaka. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm coming up. I don't have a script right here, but I'm thinking about all the guests. To my daughter <laughs> for being on the show as well. Um, man, for TT Loki, you know, coming on the show and talking about African music and what that means. And so, thank you to all my guests, and I'm looking forward to having many more guests. Some of them may be, you know, repeating guests, and, and we'll have new guests in, in the future as well. But you all have made this season a tremendous, a fantastic experience for me, and hopefully for you all, the listeners. I am grateful, and I guarantee you that I know that some of this shit, <laughs> be real, some of this shit was a struggle. I mean, I know from my first episode and what that sounded like to what this sounds like, and I know that I haven't hit my peak. I'm not even close. We're not even close to where we're about to be. We are just not even, we're just thinking about scratching the surface. All this right now is still an idea, right? And we're just making it happen, but but I guarantee you, next season, woo, trust me, trust your boy. Next season, we're not taking no prisoners. We're coming strong, we're coming ready. I'm gonna be able to let you know what it's like to really be transnational um, not just by words by action but through research um, we're gonna build this bridge we're gonna bridge that gap all right so thank you all again i'm very fortunate my name is dr kalechi ebay lamberts i hope to talk to you again soon to remind you that my black is transnational And I hope that throughout this season, that yours will be too. Have a good one. Until next season. Peace.